welcome to this week's episode of Wolves Fancast. Graham Large here, hosting this evening, standing in for Dave Evans on the Fancast substitutes. And tonight, I've got Rob Fletcher with me. Good evening, or good morning, or good afternoon. And Roy Hoops as well. Yeah, all of the above. Hello. <laughs> Gentlemen, how, how are we since you've last been on? Good. Yeah, yeah all, all good. Yeah, I think we were just chatting prior to the podcast coming live and... Uh, I think we'll get into it as the podcast unravels. There's a lot of uh, frustration at the moment. Um, but personally, that's not myself. <laughs> that's more about the walls. So uh, I'm sure we'll get onto that in time. But uh, glad to be taking part tonight. And let's get, let's get into things. There's been a little bit going on over the last week. And perhaps the most noticeable... News coming out of the weekend's fixture is the injury to David Edwards, who's been virtually ever-present this season. Um, what, what sort of impact do you think that's going to have on the have on the team going into the next few games? It's, it's going to be a blow. I mean, there's uh, I mean, there's been a lot of talk this season about Edwards being played out of position, and he's not been scoring as many goals as maybe people would have liked. But he's been one of our better performers, I think, this season. He's he's, he's always one that will run around for the team. He always one who's having to run up and down the pitch all 90 minutes, mock up other people's mistakes. And I think we'll notice it increasingly over the next few weeks or, hope to God, not months. He's out injured that his presence will be missed in the team. I, I think you're right. I think Rob makes a good point there about his, his energy. I think that's the first thing I think about with Edwards. I think there's certain games where we've perhaps not been in the game and he's took that extra run, he's got he's got that extra yard and he just sets the tone, sets the pace. He's been given the captain's armband and although he's been, I think we spoke about this in previous podcasts, he has been much maligned over the years, but this season in particular, now we've got a, a really young squad, um, he's more important than ever and also with the McDonald situation and his lack of form, um, I think, yeah, I think he's going to be a big loss. But there's an opportunity. We've certainly got enough centre midfielders at the club um, for somebody to to come in and, and stake their, their claim. Um, but I think he will be a good miss, and he's a good professional, good leadership. But it's down to those midfielders, the likes of Price, McDonald, Savin, uh, Savile, sorry, to to step up. Who do you think's going to slot in on Saturday against Preston? Because obviously. There's the absence of Connor Cody as well, which we'll get into a bit later when we discuss the Brighton game. But there's obviously Edwards that's out. McDonald's seemingly out of favour. Um, is it is it time to bring that tried and tested partnership of McDonald and Price back in, do you think? I think so. Yeah, that was going to be my answer straight away. I mean, I know they didn't have the best of games last night at Middlesbrough, which we'll get onto in a bit. But they played very well at times together uh, last season and... If they can pick up that form that they showed throughout last season, then there's a good chance that could work out in our favour. I think you're right, and I think it's so much about partnerships. I think you look at the two centre midfielders, if they're performing, if you look at the two centre backs, and both of those partnerships in particular haven't um, really had a set of games, perhaps through lack of form. McDonald's been in and out, and he's been very frustrating. I think Price has been unfortunate. Um, to be out, and I, I'd just like to see a settled side. I think we're getting towards the end of September. He doesn't know his first eleven, although it's injury enforced at times. But I would certainly say Price uh, and McDonald, and hopefully they'll get a performance which will kickstart them and, and they'll stay in the team. Because 
arguably they're, they're our two best centre midfielders. Um, so yeah, I, I would certainly be backing those two. And also since we were last on, the loan window has opened and it's well and truly into action now and teams are bringing players in, players are going out. Where do you where do you think that Wolves need to strengthen over the next couple, few few months in, in in the sense of bringing in loan players? Because obviously they've been linked with the likes of Fraser Campbell, but that hasn't transpired so far. Even though there's there's been reported interest there, there was also reported interest in James Wilson. But as I said last week, I, I think that one might be a bit unlikely. Where where do you think the key areas are to strengthen, and who would you possibly like to see come in? Well, I think it's clear that. Jacket knows we need attackers, especially with uh, Dicko out for the season. I thought we can't take it all on himself. I mean, we've seen the last few games he's not been scoring and he needs that support, which he had in plentiful last season from Dicko and Sacco. We need another defender, be it a, well, preferably a centre-half, because that's, exa- that's our weakest area of the team at the moment. Um, I know we mentioned we've got a few midfielders, uh, centre midfielders as backup, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing... Another midfielder brought in as well just to try and challenge who we've already got in the centre of the park. Um, and I'm conscious that we only get a certain amount of loans, but a winger would be nice as well if possible. Um, as to who, that's a very good question. Um, I don't think James Wilson would be the answer, to be honest. Um, Fraser Campbell might be quite useful. Um, but in terms of who's available, it's going to be quite a struggle, really, because it's still so early in the season. A lot of teams are going to be wanting to hang on to their fringe players in case they do pick up an injury or two. Yeah, I, th- I think Fraser Campbell is a good show. I think he'd be an excellent um, addition. He's someone who's established um, a little bit different to the strikers that we've got. I think, primarily, I think that the focus is the striker. I think the concern is, I, I watched the, um, we're going to Brighton in a little bit more detail, but just touching on it, on that point, I thought our strikers, um, a phobia in particular, he's a marked man this, this season. He was getting bullied from start to, to finish. And I know um, Amiobi is he's a, a kind of a, a fun figure, to, for want of a better term, and people weren't over-infused with the prospect of him coming in. But the type of player that he is, a difficult player, an awkward player, more of a target man, gives us a little bit of a, a different option. Um, because I think Lafondra and a phobie needs support up there. Bright at this stage is unproven, so I really do think we need another striker, someone who can perhaps take the pressure off a phobie. Not in, in goals would be great, but also just giving them a little bit more freedom uh, to play. Centre-half, yes, we've got Danny Barth hopefully returning to this, the side. Um, I think the left-back's an interesting option as well, because I think Goldborn, in my, my opinion, has been a little bit out of sorts this Landes played last night so potentially another left back but I think striker we need at least one more striker for me I think every good side who wants to get promoted needs four good strikers and with a Dicko injury it's even more alarming than ever As you touched on there Wolves this week took ex-Newcastle and Crystal Palace striker Shirley Amiobi on trial for what ended up being a few days Kenny obviously decided he didn't fancy him Guys, what were your thoughts there? I mean, Roy, you just said there that you weren't keen on the idea of him coming in, but you think that we need that type of player? Yeah, I think we need that type of player. I could, I, you know, when um, Amiobi was um, was linked, um, I read about it as coming back from um, the Brighton game, 
And my one thought from the Brighton game was that a phobia looked frustrating. I don't know if it's... It seems so easy to say that it could be perhaps his mind not on the job with uh, with Dicko being out injured and, and, and Sacco doing well in the Premiership and Norwich are interested in him. Um, but I just, to me... Um, his shirt was being pulled all, all game, and I just think it would be nice for someone with perhaps a bit more experience, just to kind of be an outlet for for a phobie. So, um, as I say, Campbell would be not would be the option. But in 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 respect of Amiobi, yeah, I would. I think we've got to leave that up to, up to Jacket, and there's probably a reason he hasn't been picked up as yet. And if he's short of match fitness, then. I suppose we don't want another Sagbo on our cast, really, which um, may have been the point. So we probably need someone more up and running. But no, you're right, Graham. That type of player um, and that type of striker, you more architectural target man, I think, would, would be an, an improvement and just a different type of striker for defenders to think about. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, no, no disrespect to Big Shola, but um, I'm not disappointed that he didn't sign. But we do need, I've always said watching Wolves is one one type of player we've never ever been able to deal properly with and that's a big target man. We can never head the ball away from them, we can never get uh, in at them properly. Um, case in point, last season we played Huddersfield at home and Grant Holt up front, he mm. was all over our defence the entire mm. game and just ripped them apart and this is 30 plus year old uh, Grant Holt who has got a fair bit of timber on him as well. So someone... I'm not saying Grant Holt, but someone in that mould because we know how difficult they are to play against and we know how much of a plus they will be for our team and it would offer something completely different to what we've got already, which is pace. And if you get them mm. both combined, it could actually work quite well. And I think as well on, on that point as well, you notice, particularly in this division, the centre-halves are very old school. They're big, they head the ball and you know that um, we need someone to, to win some of those battles because nothing is won in the air. It's all play to feet. I think last last season it was all about, we'll take McDonald out of the game and then there's the service gone. And then a phobie being a victim of that own success has been a marked man. And I just think we need someone to take the pressure off him and that physical present. But you're right, Grant Holt looked a world beater when he played against us and those type of players. Yeah, of course it is. And those type of players in this division do a job, even if it's a case of holding the ball up when we're looking to hold on to win or just to, to mix things about and do the ugly side of the game, for want of a better term. So I don't know who would be out there to fill that, that void, but that type of player I think would be a, a different outlet for us and something more to... Uh, to concern the defenders than, than what we're looking like at the moment. And another item of news that has just broke this afternoon is that Aaron McCary, young Wolves goalkeeper, has gone out on loan to Portsmouth. Do we think this is a good move? I mean, it, it's clear at the moment that Jacket seems to have decided that Martinez is going to be his number one with Akimi being on the periphery for the time being. There's not really any room for McCary and John Flat's already gone out on loan as well. So is it the right move for him to go out and get, get first-team football and potentially be there waiting in the wings next season when perhaps Martinez moves on? The goalkeeper situation, I know you touched on in on previous pod, podcasts, has, has been interesting with the, the alter, alternation. But I think you're right. I think um, Martinez, over the last couple of games, had his best games for us, will be number one. And I came for me to another fantastic goalkeeper. So, yeah, there's, there's an opportunity for him. I know he's been on loan. Was it Warsaw? I think he went on loan to previously. 
Um, so, yeah, for him to, to, to go on loan and, and to come back, because I guess ultimately, if we're looking at the future, if we're going to um, be part of Martinez's development and be the keeper that is expected to be, then he probably isn't going to hang around longer than this season, really. So then even more um, in our favour if McCary gets some match experience elsewhere. Yeah, I think it's a good move uh, for us and for him, really, because obviously we all know about the problems he's been in the last six months or so. So it'd be a good opportunity for Lee to leave them behind for a bit, get back on with his career, maybe a you know, few games in a row, see how he gets on there. I mean, we've seen how good a loan spell can do for a goalkeeper in the past. I mean, Hennessy, perfect, uh, perfect case. When he went out on loan to Stockport and broke all sorts of records, came back and soon established himself as our number one. Um, I wish him all the luck. I hope he goes well, but um, I don't think he'll be troubling our first team for the next season at least. Right. So on Saturday, Wolves held on for a point against leaders Brighton at home in a game that wasn't without controversy. There was a first-half penalty which was saved by goalkeeper Emiliano Martinez and also a red card to Connor Cody, which sent Wolves down to 10 men. Gents, what, what did you think about Saturday's performance? Do you think it was a, a, a good point in hindsight? Or do you think that they could have done better when it was 11 v 11? I think it was a good point. I think it's interesting um, coming out of the stadium. You hear different opinions. And and I heard someone who was pretty frustrated the fact that it was um, a draw at home against Brighton. And put in those contexts, it makes it sound as if it's a bad result. But if, if you put into the... As you mentioned there on the piece there, uh, a penalty save and going down to, to 10 men against Leeds Brighton. They've had a fantastic start. Uh, they've, they've been a side who've been there or thereabouts over the last few years. And they looked a good side. So I think that was a, a good point. I think coming into that game as well, it was just as crucial to get a clean sheet. The defence has been changed pretty much every week, particularly the keeper as well. So the positive for me was was a clean sheet. I think there were some good performances there. I thought the young defenders, particularly Horse, played well. I all for coming back into the side as well, looking better than, than ever. He's been fantastic. Um, so, yeah, what was I, I think the, the strikers were starved of service that, uh, and we didn't get that final ball through to them as much as we would have liked. I think, you know, a good performance against a good side and a platform to build. We wouldn't get carried away with that performance but I think what it would do is perhaps potentially, although obviously the, the defeat in the, the week if we, um, in isolation would hopefully be a stepping stone at least for an improved league form. Yeah, I think you've got to take it as a point gained. Um, there's not many teams that can come out of a game against the top of the league, be it Brighton or whoever, uh, having conceded a penalty and gone down to 10 men and come away with a point. I mean, yeah, in that context, you've got to say that's that's not a bad point at all. Um, I wasn't at the game, but um, from what I've heard, it was better than it has been in the past few weeks, um, especially with 10 men. So putting the midweeks result behind us, it, like they said, it is something to build on and hopefully push on with the next game on Saturday. Thoughts on the red card? Was it red? Um, yes, it was a red. Um, I think you have to take away... In your own opinion, you have to say yes. It was a red in the context of its 2015 and the st- and, and refereeing and, and the rules that they're under. But it was a very difficult one. I said I said at the time he had to go for the challenge, um, and I think um, Jackie 
um, would have been unhappy, I'll put that in that way, <laughs> might have been stronger words than that, if he hadn't gone for the challenge, it was there to be won, he's that type of midfielder, but I think the proof is in the fact that we didn't appeal because we'd all, you know, we didn't believe it was a genuine um, error. I know many of the commentators have said, well, 10 years ago it would have been a yellow. Well, perhaps so, but this is now. So um, it changed the context of the game. That it, it, we, we struggled to um, to really push on from that and we were holding on. But yeah, I, I, it's frustrating because it's you would always want your players to, to put a tackle in. Um, I don't think it was malicious, but his studs were up. He was late, and unfortunately, that is a sending off. Yeah, I agree. Um, it wasn't malicious whatsoever, but the fact is he's he's gone in and he's gone over the ball with his studs up, and it's it doesn't look very pretty to watch it back. Um, it's a shame it was Cody because he's been one of our better players again this season, so to lose him for three games is a blow. But um, it's obvious, obviously it was a red card because otherwise the club would have appealed that and we know they have done in the past, um, found the power last season for example and they've, they've succeeded. So yeah, you've got to stand in the club and say look, let's just build on and it's a good chance for some of our fringe players to come in and do a job. Were you a bit concerned about the lack of chances on Saturday? Uh, lack of, well, I'll say lack of clear cut chances because... I think we ended up with one shot on target and I think of a total of six shots in comparison to Brighton's significantly higher target, um, significantly higher figures. Does the fact that we're not creating much at this stage concern you at all? It does. Um, I think there's obvious um, outlets in terms of where our creativity was last year and one of them unfortunately is playing well for Crystal Palace at the moment but that's something we were aware of and the board were aware of and um, you know they brought the likes in of, of Ojo and, uh, and Wallace to, to perhaps add to that creativity and as yet they haven't Wallace I think would be hard to be critical on because he's just come back from an injury but Ojo at this stage hasn't shown that I think with McDonald being out of the side as well he was just such a form of creativity um, so yeah it does it, it is frustrating um, I guess there's a balance between the fact that we've uh, up until the that game we hadn't kept a clean sheet, so that may have been part of the play. But of course, it's frustrating. A lot of balls that are played across the box. I think we had a lot of possession, particularly the first half um, against Brighton. But it does it does concern me, and, and it's what I went back to earlier. It's all about building partnerships on the pitch. Perhaps um, there's a, there's certainly an argument about having width. James Henry will cut inside. He's not technically an out-and-out winger, but he overlaps well. I offer overlaps well, and Goldborn does. Um, but we don't seem to have too much of a plan B in terms of creativity at the moment. A phobing had obviously started the season playing deep, coming for the ball to try and elude the centre-halves. It was more of a conventional 4-4-2, um, and they didn't have the, the service. So it is concerning um, I'd like to think that we have as a squad the players within that team to be creative because I don't see foresee us bringing in too many to, to add to that um, creativity that we're lacking at the moment. But I guess it's a formation issue and I guess it's a, a settled side as well. When you have a settled side, you know where the runs are, you know who who makes certain runs at certain times and we saw that last season. So whilst it's concerning, hopefully... Um, we'll become more of a creative side once we become more of a settled side as well. 
was a lot of criticism levelled at McDonald for his performance after coming off the bench on uh, on Saturday that he perhaps didn't look like he wanted to be there at times and I think a lot of last season's success was due to McDonald being able to find a phobia or Dicko mm-hmm. with with, a, with those through balls from midfield. Do you, do you think with McDonald that it, it is just a case of he needs to get back in the side and get reintegrated into that starting eleven in order to bring the best out of him again? I hope so. I mean, you know, we can't sort of, unfortunately, be a, um, a fly on the wall in terms of how McDonald feels about things. And I guess it's... How, how can I put this? It's it's an easy thing to say when he's turned down a contract and forms dipping that his head's not there. And you, we'd all like to think, well... They're professional footballers and they should they should get on with it. But ultimately, um, yet yeah, that may be the case because you know as a player he's creative. I mentioned earlier he's well known as being the creative spark. And you're right, and a lot of our joy came from that last season. But in answer to your question to the Brighton game, I thought he didn't play with enough purpose when he came on. He was he was as if he was protecting and doing just about enough where we need more than that and we need uh, the McDonald of old, of old really, particularly with um, the lack of creativity um, that has been opened up with the side with, with Sacco going and nobody has yet to fill the void. We're needing more than ever to do that. And certainly on, on Saturday, he did just about enough. And he, I get, it's a tricky one because was his job on, on Saturday to contain, to hold the ball because at that point he's coming on because we're down to 10 men. So I'd like to think, you know, with a, a McDonald with his um, with his best form, you know, he's a fantastic footballer and, and he has that creativity. Um, I just like to think that he's professional enough and, and this hasn't affected him um, in terms of the contract talks this season. I mean, yeah, if he, if he is affected by the um, these transfer situation, I mean, you have to kind of not sympathise but understand where he's coming from. Uh, I mean, he's he Stearman has been obviously let go to the team who were bidding for him as well. So if you've seen one of the other better players in the club leave and go to a team as well, you must be wondering, well, why am I not being allowed to leave as well? But um, in terms of his performance on Saturday, again, I can't judge properly because I wasn't there. But I don't think McDonald's a player you can bring off the bench, if you understand what I mean. He can't mm. really be brought on. You can't expect him to do that creative thing as soon as he comes on the field because... If you've watched McDonald play, sometimes it takes him ten or fifteen minutes to get going before he picks out that book, that killer pass, and that's because he's figured out where they're going to be playing, who's the danger man, and by the time he's figured that out, he, he can play that ball. But coming off the bench, you can't expect him to do that job straight away. So, like I said, maybe he was brought on to try and protect the back four a little bit more. We'd obviously already lost Cody's bias in midfield as well, so if he's come on to you know support the midfield more, he's done his job well. You have to say, you have to say, he, he, he did probably did what Jack had asked him to do. Um, I'd be very surprised if Jacket had said, "Well, we want you to go all out attack with ten men against top of the league." That's probably not what we had in mind. So you do have to take the consideration as well. From one bogey team to another, last week on the podcast, I mentioned that Wolves had only won three times in twenty-five matches against Brighton. To last night's game against Middlesbrough, and Wolves continued their sixty-four-year-long winless run on Teesside. Gents, it was a 3-0 defeat and a game that we'd probably all like to put put behind us, but 
thoughts on last night? Can it is it is it a case of things can only get better from here? I hope so. I mean, to be honest, when I saw the team um, that was announced, I was quite buoyed. I must admit, because I'd, I'd, I'd say any different. I saw the selection. I thought, okay, he's brought Deslandes in, um, and I was. Uh, heartened by that because as I mentioned earlier I've, I think Goldborn's have not been quite there and I think it'd be good to have a bit more competition there um, he brought Wallace back into the side he gave Bright a start which um, had been on the cards for some time um, he gave several the chance to um, to come back in the side and Price who's perhaps been unfortunate came back in the side so this wasn't um, a really inexperienced side and, and, and this was a side which had been rotated I came here coming back in um, that had an opportunity really to step up. Now the biggest frustration is when things aren't going so well there could not be a better opportunity to get your place in this side at this moment in time. One 8 out of 10 performance could get you in the side for some time and if you drop below that then Jacket is going to tinker things again. So, um, on the face of it, I, I, I was I was pleased by the selections, but it appears that perhaps those fringe players and, and Jacket, I think, alluded to this, haven't done done enough. Perhaps Price will be introduced for the weekend. Yes, Middlesbrough have a good side, and they rotated things as as well. Um, but I guess everyone's getting frustrated about at the end of a press conference. Well, we come up against a very good side. Well, we'd quite like to be that very good side um, ourselves. So, I guess we're, um, our cup run again for this year in the Capital um, Cup stops there. Um, so frustrated, but um, I still think you know we we can we can still turn things around. He just needs to work on on that settled side. And unfortunately, it appears that perhaps some of those players who were on the fringe are going to stay on the fringe. Yeah, we touched on it there. Um, there were a lot of experienced players in that squad, in the team last night. There's no doubt about it. But again, it comes down to positional play and where Jack is assigned to play these players. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people read the Van der Power interview in the uh, the paper earlier this week. Um, him talking a lot about playing up front, playing as attacker rather than a winger, um, where he had his chance last night. But this also meant that we had to play George Savile on the wing and as we know from the Dave Edwards situation centre midfielders don't always make for great wingers which I think from reading the reports that's exactly what happened last night um, Jed Wallace was played on the wing as well I think and he's again not an out and out winger he should be a midfielder so I mean it's all well and good a lot of people saying these players oh, that they, they've not stepped up to the plate they've not taken their chance well they're not going to get in the team but if you're being played out of position Maybe for one of the first times in your career, I mean, what can you do against one of the best sides in the league, really? I mean, I'm sure they did whatever they could, but end of the day, they're playing a team that are probably going to get promoted this year. They've got a lot of good players in. Yes, they rotated as well, but it's it's a lot to ask to step up and say, play on the play on the left wing and you, you're a centre midfielder. I mean, it's, it's like asking Roy Keane to play on the left wing. It would, it would never work. It just wouldn't happen. So you've got to understand that these players can't play in these positions. So just... Give them a break. Yeah, I think it was a t- I think it was a tough task for them to to come in and, and make an instant impression. And I think the the key is really um, surely we should have a s- squad big enough to allow the fact that players will play in their natural positions and and also the defence as well is is key. That that defence was changed again. I'm sure it was probably the first time Deslandes um, played at the back with those those players. Um, 
I also um, play centre half as as well. Um, so we're, we're looking a little bit like where players have to play out of positions in cup games, um, and it doesn't bode well when you're coming up against a team, even if those players aren't directly involved, who have a lot of confidence because they've started the season so well. I think the only player that um, there was a lot, of, as you said, there there was a lot of players that came back in from the cold last night. And I think the only player that had been away from the action that didn't actually feature last night was Tommy Rowe, who's another mm, one that's yeah. sat around it. Yet yeah, another option to potentially come into that centre midfield berth. I know I won't be too popular with some fans for suggesting that, but there are players there. There are a lot of mm. options there. Is it just a case of we need to find that right that right blend? And the other thing. You alluded to there about the, about the young defence that we have at the moment, and the, there appeared to be a, another another few defensive errors in last night's game. What, what would it do for confidence of, of of a back four so young that they're going from being on being on a high from keeping a clean sheet on Saturday to getting thumped three 0 by Middlesbrough just days later? Mm. And there's no no experience there for someone to actually come in and say, right, come on, lads, pick your heads up. It's, yeah, it, it's happened to us before, and we've gone through that. Is that a problem? Is it is it is it a case of there's there's almost in a way too much potential and not enough grit and determination in that side? I think it's a good point, and I, and, I, and when I speak to many people about um, the team currently, a lot of people say, "Well, this seems a good team for the future, and if these young players can all come through to it, we might be a season too soon." But then it's like, well. Actually, we weren't too far off last year, actually. So why do we have to automatically take a step back? Um, I think it's a real, real acid test for these young defenders. You're right. Um, some of them will make mistakes. And I believe Landell um, was a for one of the goals in particular last night. And, um, and also we look at the Bolton game, for an example. And they are going to air their, their mistakes I mean, ideally, you want young players to earn mistakes out on loan to other clubs and then come in and be a little bit more um, established. But then there are certain players like the likes of Iorva who you just can't ignore because they're good enough right here and now. Um, they need a bit of leadership. I don't think they've been helped by having a different voice behind them in terms of their goalkeeper as well. So they need to nail down um, a settled side. Um, Danny Barth... Um, do we think he's going to come back in on, on Saturday? I know he played recently in the reserves against Swansea um, and I don't know if he'll be too soon for, for the Preston game but um, that's a guy who's played a lot of league games who perhaps can um, give us a little bit more leadership and experience at the back um, because they're, they're needed. But if they come through this patch, we could really have some good young players and good uh, careers with Wolves um, but yeah, I think they're, they're lacking a little bit of leadership and confidence is an issue, of course, with, with young players. But also, I guess, on, on the, the flip side of that is, as a young player, you should be thinking, well, Jacket must be so pleased with us that he's happy to let Steeman go and that he hasn't brought in a replacement. Now, as a young player, they should take that and go, oh, OK, he, he must really believe in me here. And then... Proved and prove the faith that's been shown in him, and I think Paul's has, has proven that recently. Um, but Landell, I'm a little bit unsure about, if I'm honest. Yeah, I think I, I'm not sure if Saturday might come uh, a week too soon for Danny Bart, but I think 
we will see a vast improvement when he does come back into the team. Um, I think he's going to be, if he can get back to the level he was at before he got injured, which I'm sure he will do, he'll probably be one of the first names on the team sheets every week, which is what you want really. I mean, we've said it a lot tonight about having a settled team and you need a, a good spine of a team to build your team, but to build the, the rest of the team round. Now, obviously, with us with our changing goalkeeper, it's not the easiest task to try and pick that spine. But I mean, obviously, you've got a phobie in attack. You've got the likes of Cody, and if you can get back into form, McDonald's in midfield, and if you can have one of those players in defence as well, which hopefully could come in the form of Danny Barr, then you, you start to build a good team, and you can just build a team around them. So if one or two of the players aren't at the same level as those, you've got the better players to pick them up, and that's what we're missing in defence at the moment is a good centre half who will keep on playing and do a better job than what we're doing at the moment. So on Saturday, Wolves travel to Deepdale to play 22nd place Preston, who, like Wolves, have not had the best of starts of the season and they actually find themselves in the drop zone at the moment. Is this the game where Wolves will be able to get themselves back on track and build on that point against Brighton? Or do you think there might be a bit of a hangover from the Middlesbrough game? Um, the answer to that is it has to be, really, I think. Um, I think we're, we're getting to the point, although we're, we're relatively early into this, the season, that we have to turn things around. Um, I'd like to think there's not a hangover from the game in midweek, and I think there will be a slightly different side that will be set up but this is an opportunity to, to go and get three points and um, really turn things around. I think if we if we look on the positive side, if we take the cup game in isolation, build on from the Brighton game and take the positives from that and the next away game, then if we get three points, football is a strange game and things can look a little bit more bright than they perhaps did a few weeks ago. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if there was any sort of hangover from the Middlesbrough game. Um, it's not like us to get hungover, well, from football anyway. Well, Roger's not in the team anymore. No, but true, yeah. yeah so. um, is it going to be the game we turn things around? I really don't know. It's, if it was at home, then yeah, I'd say this is right. This is where we, this is where we start playing our season now. This is where we start playing proper football. If we do get a win, then... Again, I think that probably will... It's strange, but is it going to be the game that turns things around? I don't know. If we win, it probably will be, as weird as that sounds, because that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. But um, I'm not sure what our record's like at Preston. I mean, I went first game in the League One season when we took 5,000 mm. and we could only manage a nil-nil, but I think the occasion got to the players a little bit then. Um, I think it's been, it's been mixed, hasn't it? I remember, mm. I think... Famous scene for George Nadar's goal, if you remember. Yeah, from, Chris Iwilumo's hat trick. Chris Iwilumo's yeah, yeah. hat trick and sending off, was it? A sending yeah. off as well. That's right. Hennessy got sent off in the same game yeah. as well. <laughs> so it's been a bit of a mixed bag, but as you've alluded to, they've had an indifferent start, so it's a real opportunity. I mean, in terms of their side, they've had to, had to make some changes. They've brought in some new players, um, uh, Doyle, Ewan Doyle, um, Stevie May, they brought in, I think, Beckford's. Um, on the periphery there so they've got players of course they have they've got Garner they've got good players there but we really need this, this three points I think just to um, to turn things around it could be the start a couple of seasons ago you could pretty much bank on Jermaine Beckford scoring against mm. uh, scoring against Wolves he's one of those players that just sort of seems to pop up against us but going into going into Saturday's game um, 
what how would you set the team up if it was if it was yourself? We we spoke about McDonald and Price coming back in. Um, do you go with do you go with one up front or would you play both a Fabian Lafondre? Do you perhaps look at trying Wallace in that number ten role? How, how would you how would you approach things? Well, there was a lot of talk after the middle. I know, I know we keep talking about it and we can't base too much on the Middlesbrough game, but there was a lot of talk saying we can't play four four two. It just doesn't work for us this formation. So. If that is the case, and it'll have to be up for a phobia up front on his own again. But then you have to look at who's going to provide that creativity so he can actually start scoring goals again. Um, I mean, it's not. An, I mean, I do sympathise with Jack. It's not an easy decision at all. Um, I mean, I was just trying to think of who I'd play centre half, and it's a really limited choice at the moment. I mean, you don't want to rush Danny Bath back into the team. Um, I mean, then at the same time, do you, do you stick with Doherty at right back, or do you gamble leaving Ivan Landell? Or it's it's not an easy decision at all. I think you're right. I think with the Landell one, there's an interesting one because if you look at the, um, I guess the last two away games, Bolton and, and Middlesbrough, there's been a couple of of errors there. So we talk about a confidence thing with with young players, but then this is why I guess they get paid for the managers. But if you bring him out of the side. Then what's that going to do with his confidence? Or if you keep him in, is he going to be prone to to another to another error? I think in terms of the formation, I would be tempted to to have one up top and bring Wallace in, bring Price in as a protector, uh, and have have McDonald in the in the side um, in replace of the injured Edwards, um, and and see how we we, we go. Um, I'm not convinced Dicko and, and and Lafondre are working as a two. Um, without the the width that we've um, we're, we're lacking this season, then if we can add a, an extra creative player in the potential Wallace in in midfield as that ten role, I think I would I would be tempted to to go for that. In terms of the, the defence, um, I think Martinez obviously come back in, um, and yeah, I, I, it would be a difficult one to to change the de- the defence um, if if Bath isn't isn't ready as yet. Hopefully there'll be enough protection in the form of the likes of Price to get a clean sheet and we'll still have enough creativity in the team to, to nick a goal. I think Wallace is a good shout. Mm. Um, I mean, he hasn't really been given... I mean, from what the Portsmouth fans were saying, I mean, it's only League 2, but from what they were saying when we signed him in the summer, he's a really creative player who can score goals as well. So why not give him a run at? Why not give him a go just behind a phobic? That's a really good idea. Okay, gentlemen, the most important part about the match preview, your score predictions for Saturday. Roy, I'll go to you. Okay, um, yeah, I, I'm going to have to go for a win. Um, I think a 1-0, a 1-0 win um, and maybe a phobia to get that goal I think it needs at the moment. That's what I'm going to go for. I will go for uh, 2-1 Wolves. Uh, we'll be 2-0 up and then we'll concede about 70 minutes and then just have to ride it out like we always seem to do for the last 20 minutes or so. I'm going to go with 2-1 as well, but I expect Preston to score first in that game. And I think Wolves will equalise and then nick a late winner going into that game. But I'm fairly confident that this will be a win on Saturday. And hopefully it can galvanise the team and get them back to somewhere near to the form that they finished last season in. So that's it for this week's podcast. Thanks to our sponsors, Opera Creative. If you're looking for a new website or web solution for your business for venture, Check them out at operacreative.com. You can follow us on Twitter at WWFC Fancast and on Facebook by searching for Wolves Football Fancast Show and click like. Check out our website for all the latest opinion pieces and match reports on wolvesfancast.com. And for this week, it's bye from Rob. Goodbye. 
It's bye from Roy. Goodbye. And it's bye from myself. See you next time.